Good morning, everyone. Welcome here. It's good to see all your faces. Good to hear all your voices. Please stand for our first song, Wonderful, Merciful Savior. as we begin our worship service together. Lord, we thank you so much for the people around us. We thank you for the beautiful sunshine and weather outside. And we just thank you for your presence and how you are always uh, reaching out to us and initiating relationship that before we could ever initiate relationship with you, that you've done that first. And so we just thank you that you are in pursuit of us and that you welcome us with open arms just like the father in the story of the prodigal son. And so we want to keep turning back to you, repenting, changing our minds, and returning to you. So I pray that this morning you'd help us to um, just, guide, just guide our thoughts and our hearts um, to say yes to you and to return in whatever way we need to return to you. Amen. Please stay standing for one more song if you're able, and let's sing Broken Vessels. All these pieces, broken and scattered, mercy gathered, mended and whole. Empty-handed, but not forsaken, I've been set free, I've been set free. Amazing grace, how sweet. 
a seat. It's neat to be able to sing songs and then recognize the scripture that um, is kind of inspiring the song. So treasure in jars of clay in that last one. I think it might be from 2 Corinthians, but I'm not quite sure. (laughs) This next one, Peace Be Still, um, most of us probably know the story of Jesus sleeping in the boat And his disciples are terrified at the storm that's come around them. And they wake him up. They say, Jesus, don't you care what happens to us? And then he calms the waves and the wind. And it just reminds us of the power of Jesus um, over, over physical and spiritual forces. So let's sing Peace Be Still. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm. Oh, heart, believe, let 
probably also about Peter walking on the water and Jesus. There's a lot of good water stories in the Bible. Let's sing Revelation song together. Amen. 
I'll let the worship team go and have a seat. And if you have your Bibles on you, you can turn to Psalm 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Good morning. I have an announcement about next Sunday. We are starting Sunday school again, and I am announcing concerning the adults. So we're doing something for a little bit different this fall. We're going to do it for three months, and at the end of three months, you guys can tell, tell us if you want some changes or if you want, like it that way or if you don't like it at all, and that's fine. So we're going to give it three months. We're going to split all the adults are going to be split in, into two classes. And that split will be your decision. We're going to have one at the by the uh, kitchen, one of the classes, and one of the classes straight through in the back. And you can pick one of your pick your class and attend it. There will be three teachers, so the three teachers will go between the classes. So there won't be a particular teacher for a particular classroom. And we're all going to study the same thing. We're going to study Ephesians. There is no shortage of discussion material in Ephesians. So for prep, I would like it if you could sit down some evening and read the whole book of Ephesians, kind of give an overall glance of Ephesians, and, uh, and then you'll, have, you'll know ahead, of, like next Sunday you won't know exactly which one, how far we're going into the first chapter, but you can reread the first chapter again for next Sunday. Because next Sunday it starts. And uh, so let the Lord speak to you at home on Ephesians and come with different thoughts. Write thoughts down that you had about it and uh, bring them up. And we can talk about them as a class. The three teachers are uh, Jeff Thiessen and Lyndon Gunther and myself. And so very different. I've never had a uh, been with Jeff Thiessen in a class, but I've, Lyndon Ginther, I have, and we're, I think we're all very different teachers, and it'll be quite an interesting ride as we go through the same passage and come at it from different ways on different Sundays. So that's something that you can look forward to. I know I am. It's going to be interesting. And the age starts from teenager to death to us part sort of a thing. The whole, from young to old, we're going to all be together. As, and so there's um, no particular senior class and no particular young adult class. We're all together in this and, and uh, studying the same thing. Thank you. Good morning. Good to see you again this morning after two weeks. Ah, I'm happy to be with you here this morning. Uh, if you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to bring them out. You'll see that there are a number of announcements for us to look through. Uh, the first one, Wednesday at 7 p.m. is prayer meeting here at the church. 
Uh, also, Sunday at 9.45, as uh, Sheldon just pointed out, is Sunday school kickoff, and that goes for all ages, so come on out. I'm looking forward to that. And the worship service afterwards at 10.45 a.m. as well. There is also more things going on next Sunday. Next Sunday, we are having a potluck after the service, so make sure uh, to come well-prepared in terms of hunger and also any food that you might have for that. Uh, and also Bilal and Fatima are, after all of these years, going to finally, we are going to meet them. So I am looking forward to that, uh, that they could finally uh, come here face to face. Uh, beyond that, September 6th at 7 p.m., the nursery school uh, that uh, we are hosting in the back corner, they are having their AGM here at the church. If you know anybody that has uh, nursery school age kids, and then feel free to send them along and they can find out more about what the nursery school is doing. Uh, and skipping down to the bottom, uh, there's going to be a kids club in the fall starting mid to late October. Christine Murray is going to be uh, running that together with Annette Vancouvering. If that is something that you are interested in, then make sure to get in touch with her to sign up. Uh, otherwise, if you know anyone that might be interested, make sure to tell them. Uh, make sure that you pray. We want this to be a great success, so make sure that you keep the Kids Club Ministry in your prayer. And Valley View Bible Camp is having their 60th anniversary celebration on September 18th at 2 p.m. Uh, the program goes from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. RSVP is encouraged. Just get in touch with uh, Michael at the camp. If you go onto their website and go to the contact form, that'll send it to their way and they'll figure that all out. Um, and also, you might have noticed when you came in on the back table, there is a sign up for small groups. Uh, we are looking to start that uh, end September, early October, somewhere in there. Uh, so if you have been in a small group before you, and you want to stay in it, don't worry about anything. You, we are just going to assume that you're in it. Uh, but if you haven't been in a small group before and you want to sign up, uh, then on the back table you will find a sign-up sheet there. Any other announcements? All right, then moving on to items of prayer. Uh, the first one is, you might have seen uh, an email go around yesterday, Tina Taves is currently in the hospital. Uh, the update is, is that uh, she is probably in triage, she's waiting to get an angiogram. Uh, she got brought in at midnight and she's been waiting ever since, so we want to pray that uh, and bed comes open as soon as possible, that an angiogram becomes available as soon as possible so they can figure out what is causing uh, her heart symptoms. So we want to keep her in our prayers. Uh, next, Betty Queering. I moved off on Saturday. I was fortunate enough to get to help her move a little bit on Friday. And, well, that was sad. But at the same time, I got a ladder out of it, so that was nice. But at the same time, Betty Queering is now officially a Saskatchewaner. So we want to pray for her uh, and that she settles in uh, in uh, her new home, finds new friends, and that it is a good time. Uh, next weekend, uh, starting on Saturday and going to Sunday, there's going to be a family uh, fun weekend here in town. We want to pray for safety for that. Uh, next, the prayer team is leaving on September 5th. That is tomorrow, Evelyn. How did that sneak up on us as quickly as it did? <laughs> Oh, we want to pray for them. We want to pray it's a good flight. We want to pray that God works through that prayer team and really builds up the mission in Paraguay. And so we want to make sure to keep uh, Evelyn in our prayers, Rolf, uh, the whole family, and everyone else that is going as well. Uh, the Sunday school kickoff, we want to pray for it as it starts next Sunday. Uh, we want to pray that it is successful in this educational year. Uh, and also, uh, we want to pray... Uh, for Pat Sinnott. Uh, you probably heard that his brother David passed away uh, this past Saturday, so not yesterday, but a week ago. Uh, and it wasn't a surprise. Uh, he had had cancer for a while, uh, but it's still hard. And also we want to pray for them as they are cleaning up his house and getting his affairs in order. Pat is the executor, so we want to pray for the Sinnott family and the Giesbrechts as well. All right. Then please bow with me in a word of prayer. Our dear God, we come before you this morning. We thank you for another warm and nurturing summer. God, we thank you for how we see 
you would work in the world all around us. We thank you for how things fall into place when they are in your eye. God, we want to bring before you, and this in mind, the prayer team as they head down to Paraguay tomorrow. God, we pray that it'll be a great trip. We pray that it'll be good traveling all the way there, good traveling while they are there, good traveling on the way back on the 25th as well. But most of all, Lord, we want to pray that it is a successful one that builds up your kingdom in ways that we didn't even know possible down in Paraguay. God, we want to pray for Evelyn as she goes. We want to pray, give her the strength, give her the health, give her what she needs to pray for the people of Paraguay, to pray for our missionaries there, to pray for the missions there. God, we want to pray the same thing for Rolf and the family as they are leading this team. God, we pray that this will be the beginning of something amazing. Lord, this prayer team we put before you this morning. And also while we pray for things that make us say thank you, God, we wanna pray for the Sunday school kickoff that is coming. Lord, it is always wonderful to come into this time of year. There's something about it that is just electric. And so God, we pray for Sunday school this coming year. We pray that it is a success. We pray that as the adults go through the book of Ephesians, they learn new truths about you that they never even thought of before. And we pray the same thing for children's church and children's ministry as well. God, we pray, be with the little ones of our congregation. Open their eyes to your glory, our Lord. We pray for that. We pray for the teachers involved as well. And while we are praying for schools, Lord, we pray for the school in our community as well as they kick off this week. God, we thank you for the work that all of the teachers have been doing so far, prepping for when classes begin. God, we pray that as the students come, that this is a good year. We pray, give them the strength to make it the entire way through the year as well. Give them the perseverance, and Lord, we look forward to seeing what it is that our young ones learn. God, that we put before you. And for the administrators as well, as all of the last details need to fall into place for another successful year, God, we pray, Give them the insight, give them that detailed vision so that everything is good to go. We put that before you. And in the same way, we pray for this next Sunday with the family fun day on Saturday and then the run and the, all of the horse events that are going on on Sunday. God, we pray that that is a success. Lord, we pray that the community comes together in new ways and we pray that anyone that comes out has a great time too, Lord. We pray for safety during that whole event as well. And Lord, there are also a number of things on our hearts that don't sit with us so thankfully that we want to bring before you as well, concerns. First off, we want to pray for Betty. We thank you that the move went well. But now as she is settling into her new home, God, we pray that she settles in quickly. We pray that she finds new friends, finds even old friends from when she was there before, all those years ago. Lord, we pray, we pray for our sister who is now there. And God, we also want to pray for the synods. Lord, we want to pray for them after the passing of David. It is always hard to lose a family member even, even after the circumstances that were David's passing. And so, God, we pray, be with Pat right now. Be his rock that he needs. And in the same way, be with Bev, be with the whole Giesbrecht family as well as they look to take care of these affairs to get the house in order, to get all of the papers in order. God, we pray, be with them. And, Lord, we also want to pray for Tina this morning as she is going into the hospital. Lord, we pray, open a bed for her. We pray, as she gets in, open the angiogram for her as well. Help them to find exactly what it is that they need to find so they know exactly what it is that they need to do to treat it. Lord, bring her healing. And also be with her family, be with Reynolds, be with all of the Taveses during this time. God, 
We just pray, be with Tina. All of these things we bring before you this morning, and we place them at your feet. In your name we pray, amen. All right. And today, we come to the end of our summer in the Psalms. And for our swan song, uh, we will be looking at the last kind of psalm in the book, the Psalms of Wisdom. These are the psalms for instilling in us understanding of the best way that we can live our lives. These are the psalms that are about teaching us how to live, well, it's kind of in the name, how to live wisely. And I figure what better way to kick off a new school year than talking about teaching how to live wisely. So if you have your Bibles on you, uh, turn with me now to Psalm 19 that you heard before. Psalm 19. It is one of the most famous of the wisdom psalms, and it's split into four chunks. The first is from the intro to verse 4b. And there we read, for the director of music, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Now Psalm 19, like, we, like the psalm we covered last time, it's a, it's a song written by David. And it's given to his director of music to spread out among his people. That's right there in the intro. There are a number of psalms that David writes to send out to his subjects in this way, and they serve a number of purposes. Some of them call for prayer. Others call for different types of service. But here David wants to teach his people something, and exactly what that something is and why he wants his people to know it, we're going to see that in just a bit, but keep that in mind. David is trying to teach us something as we read through this psalm. But we begin with, the heavens declare the glory of God. And right off the top, it's like a trumpet that's blaring from the top of a mountain. The heavens, that is God's kingdom, God's first creation. They proclaim the glory of its king. Then next, the skies themselves his third creation. They show evidence of our Lord. They show the skill of his hand. When you see a finely made thing, you can see the skill of its maker in that thing. You can learn something about the life that the one who created it just by looking at what it is that they had made. So too, David tells us by looking at what our Lord has made all around us at his creation. There are truths about him that are revealed in that way as well. You can see the brilliance of our God. You can see the transcendence of him. You can see his power. You can see his care. You can see the love that he has put into what he has made. Though God's creation is itself without words, though God's creation is itself speechless. Nevertheless, it shouts to us without end about the one who made it, about who God is. Though they do not speak for themselves, that which the Lord has made sings and it declares and it teaches it is a revelation of the God of gods. It is a revelation of the King of kings. By just looking at creation, even at a surface level, you can see the wonder of our Lord who made it and then said it was good. 
And our passage continues. Verses 4c to 6. And here the praise of revelation as who our God is. It goes from somewhat general, somewhat general in that all creation in a broad sense points the way to God, to something far more specific now. And it uses its imagery to do that. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. We can learn broad things about who our God is just by looking at his creation, just gazing into the sky. Now David teaches us that we can learn even more about his wonder and glory by exploring deeper the intricacies of what our Lord has made and how it all works. In the motion of the sun itself, the second of God's creations, from Genesis 1, David shows us how we learn even more about our God. As the sun emerges over the horizon each morning without fail, as a bridegroom does the tent before his wedding, we see testament of that everlasting reliability of our God to his people who are gathered to celebrate that union. Then as the sun's rays light up the fields and they stream across the mountains and all of the rivers and lakes, bathing them in that warm yellow and red that you get at the sunrise, like the finest fabrics for the finest of tents, we can see the love and care of our God. For he could have made things however he wanted and yet he made them beautiful like this by seeing the bridegroom in all his glory, we see the parent as well. By seeing the sun warm, beautiful, reliable, life-sustaining, we can see our God, who could have made things in any way that he chose, and yet made the sun warm, beautiful, reliable, and life-sustaining. And so he is that and infinitely more as well. And as our star then runs its path like a mighty champion, so strong, so powerful, so too, yet more also, as the one who made all things as they are, just by saying it's so. Nothing is deprived of the warmth of the sun. And so too are none left out of the embrace of our Lord, if only they care to see it. And then we come to the third section. And here what David cares most to teach his people finally rings through clearly. In the past two sections, we have seen revelation about who our God is just from nature, general Revelations. These things are very important, but they're also fairly general. But now in the third section, we are taught how we can see God clearest of all. In verses 7 to 11, the law of the Lord, we read, the law of the Lord is refreshing to the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are more radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. The law of the Lord is how we start there. And that is how you can best know who our God is. That is what David is teaching us. 
This is how you can see God clearest of all. This is how you can see the Lord so plainly. You can even learn how we human beings are meant to be, meant to live in response. To David, what the law of the Lord was were the books of the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. You can read them in your Bible today. These are the books of Scripture that talk about how God made all things to be. These are the books that tell us where David's people came from and how God had chosen them to reach out to the world, to set it back on track. These are the books that tell of times in the past when even against the strongest of empires, God and his people, they stood and they prevailed. These are the books that teach God's people what it means for the Lord to be their God, as well as how they can live as his people in turn. And through all of this, these books show us a picture clearer than anything that nature has about who our God truly is. And so it's no wonder, as David speaks of them now, he proclaims about how perfect they are. This law that teaches us of our God. And David, David of all people, knows this to be true the perfection of the law. For though David has failed in living as it teaches, as the Lord teaches many times, he has always come back. He has always come back to God. And so he of all people, he knows of the blessings that come by following the law of God. The law is trustworthy. David teaches us from his own experience. Even those who know little of it, that is likely most of the people that this psalm was written for, as this is an age before most people could read or write, but it's an age before general education. Even those who know little can be made into wise men by following what God teaches us in it. By following the law, our eyes, they are, they are illuminated to the designs of God himself, to the point that we can know that if we are following the law, we are following God's will also. If you follow the law, you will know the fear of the Lord. That is, you will respect and you will have reverence for him which is a way of living life that was rightly lived, wisely lived yesterday, today, and will be forevermore. What the Lord teaches us in the law is how best to live. The path it leads us down is the only one always for our own good and the good of all. To follow God, to follow how he leads, to follow when he reaches out to us, to follow as he teaches us in his word is to follow the will of the one who has proven time and time again that he cares for his people. It is to follow the will of the one who is like, was like the sun, warm, caring, faithful, yet strong. This is what is done if you follow the law David teaches us. And so how our Lord leads us, it's more valuable than gold. Because where gold is spent and then it's gone, the value of what our Lord teaches us, that is instead forever. And it's as sweet as sweeter than honey from the source itself because the leading of our Lord is fulfilling. It's sustaining like nothing else can be. To follow God as he teaches us in the law, David tells his people from his own experience in our psalm today that that is the best wisdom you could ever possibly live by because in it are the greatest of rewards in every way. And here you can see that David is the great shepherd king of his people. 
because that he knows from his own life that there are rewards found in following the will of God, following his law. This is why he wants all of his people to know it as well. To which our passage now draws to a close. Starting in verse 12. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgressions. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. By following the law, we know that we are following the way of the righteous, the way of the wise, for a reason that we are not the most fond of ourselves. Because the law shows us our errors and our faults. We do not like that part of the law. But at the same time, until we confront our own failings, then how do you ever grow? It's not love to let somebody live in ignorance to what holds them down in the muck and the mire. Though the law of the Lord, through it we can see these things. And God will show us how to address them through repentance and forgiveness as well. Through the law, by following God, we are forged into what people were made to be. To live rightly is to live wisely is to live according to the law of God in which we can see a picture of who our Lord is clearer than we could see it anywhere else. And so let us live pleasing lives for our rock, our redeemer, and our heavenly father. Let us live lives wisely following him. Let us live lives following the law, for in this we know from verse 11 that there is nothing but boundless rewards to be found. Psalm 19, a psalm of wisdom. David's words to his people today, I, I think that they should ring as rather important to us here today, and for a whole number of reasons at that. I mean, for starters, I love how it begins. Look to the sky, look to the world around you in all its seemingly infinite complexity. See what the Lord has made. See his glory in it. After a summer like this past one and a spring beside that, and well, the winter before that, it can seem a bit hard to see God's glory in creation, as David could so readily observe. I mean, it was either pouring rain to the point of flooding fields out, or it was 50 degrees, 10 feet of snow before that. But it is still there. It's still there. I think by dwelling on how God can be seen in his creation for as long as he does in this psalm, it's about half of it, David tells us something rather important. I think all too often we actually forget that God's creation that God made and that he said was good is something that's supposed to be important to us. We all too often think as Christians that when it comes to what we're supposed to care about, that that kind of involves our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and then that's just kind of that. Listen to how David talks of creation here. He revels in it. He drinks it in. 
and all of its complexity. He all but thanks the Lord for how all things declare his holy name. All creation, David shows us, it, it matters. It matters because of who made it. It matters because it matters. It matters because it declares the Lord. You can see the same thing if you look at Genesis 1 as well. What happens after human beings are created, tasked to rule over all of creation before us, not to subject it, not to grind it under our boots, but to take care of it, shepherd it in God's name. My prayer is that this fall, we will find a better one for us getting out there to be among God's good creation. I would, I'd encourage all of us to make time for that. Maybe find our way up to Jackson's Lake someday or into the hills. Take some time looking at the leaves, at the grass, at the rocks, at the moss, at the animals around you. And as you do, spend time just reflecting in that complexity of what you see in that care for the detail of it all, what does that tell you about our God? What does this world that our Lord has made reveal about him? As David says, the voice of nature, it might be quiet, but if you just listen to it, it, it screams of the glory of the God who made it at every turn. And so to love the world the Lord has made, to see and genuinely care for its beauty, you can see the value in the one who made it through that as well. That's important. Yet it's something that is pretty easily and often overlooked. And that creation matters is also something to remember as we're walking down the road and see litter tossed on the side or something like that. Or when we reflect on how the environment is being torn down around us, greenhouse gas poured into the sky. What evangelist for the wonder of our God is louder and more easily understood by all people who have no reason to know Christ in any way, shape, or form than the world that they live in? What better introduction is there to all people to the glory of our God than the world we live in? What better segue into the specific revelations that you can find about God in Scripture than the wonder of the world? And yet, every day gets choked a little bit more into silence. From what David teaches us in this passage, we should dwell on that. But also from this passage, from this psalm, there is something that is most important for us to take as well. To live by the law of the Lord is to live wisely. It is to live right. It is to live pure. It is to have our eyes open to the larger truths of who God is and what he is about. To live according to God's law is more rewarding than all of the gold in the world. It's more satiating on all of the honey of the comb. In Matthew 5, verse 17, we read, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, said that. If seeing the law is getting a clear picture of who our God is, then seeing Christ is having that picture we find in the law made flesh before our eyes. If following the law is living wisely, living rightly, living according to God's perfect will as David teaches us, then following Jesus is all that yet better and significantly easier to boot. <laughs> <laughs> 
for Jesus fulfills the law. He did not do away with it, he did not end it, but instead he did as he said he would do. He fulfilled it, which means simply that if you only believe Christ is the Son of God as he proved himself to be, if only you repent of your sins and you follow him as he leads us in his gospels, in his word, then you too will be living according to the same law that David teaches us in this psalm today is the foundation of a life lived right. Do you want a life fulfilled? Then all you have to do is follow as Christ leads. Do you want a life that refreshes your soul? Then follow as Jesus teaches us through his gospels. Do you want to become as a person was meant to be, was created to be, then follow the Lord and that is what happens. This is what the wisdom of the Psalms teach us. Do you want a life fulfilled, lived in its entirety, lived right? Then you will find that by living a life in Christ. Do you want to know who God is clearer than you ever thought was possible before? then you will find him by looking at Jesus Christ. This is what we have learned from our psalm today. And so I pray, as we now look to begin a new school year, that each of us find our life one filled by living wisely in this way that David called his people to all those years ago, that we will know the reward of God. Amen. As the worship team comes up, I'll just put it out there that if anyone has a song to share or some music that they'd like to share um, as special music in the future, please come talk to me. We're um, hoping to maybe once a month have someone share um, some music. And so, yeah, just come talk to me and we'll, we'll be able to fit you in somewhere. Please stand as we sing Be Thou My Vision. We'll sing the whole song, then Pastor Russell will come up and say the benediction, and then we'll sing the last verse again, and once we're done singing that last verse again, then you are free to go and, uh, and chat.
And for our benediction today, we turn to the book of Numbers. May God bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his face and bring you peace. Go now and serve our wonderful Lord. Mm -hmm.